you know, but to have that type of conversation with someone you're intimate with would have been, I really wish I had known, like, that's an acceptable thing back then. Welcome to another episode of Dear Men. This one is, again, a fan favorite, Guy Talk. And I'm really excited because this is coming back to back with Girl Talk on the same topic of sexual fantasies. Thanks for being here, guys. Hey. <laughs> Glad to be here. All Happy right. To be so here. <clears throat> I have with me Ben, Chris, and Cullen. Really appreciate you guys being here. And, um, we are going to do much the same that we did last week with Girl Talk. So we're just going to start by going around introducing ourselves, names, ages, relationship status, um, and we're going to do the scale that we like to do here, which is zero is super, super single, and 10 is super, super, super committed. So feel free to take it away, guys. My name is Ben. I am 27 years old, and I am currently in a relationship and on the scale of one to 10, I am at a 7.5. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you. Um, my name's Chris. I am 45 years old and I'm a solid one. Yeah. Repping the Ooh. low side of the scale. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, my name is Colin. I'm 27. And since the last time I was on one of Mel's podcasts, I think I've jumped from like a one to a 7.58 as well. <laughs> nice. Nice. Rocking yeah. the 7.5s. All right. <laughs> it's been a good, it's been a great little span. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Cool. So, <clears throat> um, so we're going to start the same way we did last week, which is um, to just share one sexual fantasy that you have. Um, and remember that the spirit of this is sort of, transparency and openness and kind of getting this stuff into the light because a lot of times it can lurk in the shadows, which is where shame can reside. So the purpose of this is to sort of help with openness and transparency and, you know, getting things talked about that aren't usually talked about. So what is a sexual fantasy that you've had? I'll let one of you young guys start this. <laughs> yeah. Don't everybody go at once guys. <clears throat> Contain yourselves. All right. Uh, uh, oh, go ahead. Okay, so I think for pretty much my post-puberty life, I've always had a fantasy about an like older woman that's like really powerful, like a lawyer, or, like some like executive or something. I think that's really really cool. Like, like a like a cougar. Yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> cool. <laughs> I like I like the um the addition of like lawyer or executive, someone with a lot of power. That's kind of cool. Yeah, because I feel like there's like this super lame male identity that people ta attach themselves to sometimes where like a woman with power is like a dangerous thing or like, like not a good thing, like something stupid like that. I always thought it was like really attractive when women were like holding their own and like confident in themselves. Like I love that. And I think the older woman thing is just the extreme of that. Totally. As far as fantasies go, yeah. And I'm curious in your, when you were, 
having this fantasy, like, <clears throat> was she also in charge in the bedroom? Like, was she the one like leading or was she just powerful, but you were the one leading? Like subtly leading, not like dominant, like anything like submissive dominant, but like definitely like she was a strong force, but okay. not anything like I wasn't like tied up or anything. Okay, cool. Interesting. Awesome. Thank you. Uh, yeah, Ben here. I would, you know, kind of have to piggyback off of that. I, you know, uh, definitely into the older woman f- fantasies, but one that kind of sticks out for me is uh, kind of like in the in the doctor's office. You know, just like a like a like a very uh, a very powerful and uh, not super dominating, but just like a very like nurturing uh, female doctor. And yeah, just say it's starting off as like a regular exam and then, you know, uh, it gets a little, it gets a little handsy and then we go from there. That's actually really awesome because, um, as a woman who watches porn, I can attest to the fact that there's lots of videos with doctors, but they're always male doctors. So Mm -hmm. I think it's interesting to hear that, that that's also a fantasy like on your side of her being, and is it again, like that she's sort of in charge that that's part of the attraction? Um, I think it's, uh, it's something about, oh yeah. I mean, obviously she would be like the, the initiator, but there's kind of something taboo kind of about it being that kind of vulnerable space where, you know, you're like getting like uh, your own, you know, like your own body checked out in a non-sexual way, but then it ends up becoming sexual. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome, dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're going to have so much fodder for the imagination by the end of this. It's great. <laughs> okay, thanks. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, this is Chris. And um, I really have to so you know, and over the many years I've been around, <clears throat> um, one of the things that's kind of always been there is just the the woman who's uh, not just initiates because that's a different aspect, but who's kind of leads through everything and shows that intense desire through the whole thing. It's not like, oh, I started it now, you know, back to whatever, but just through the whole thing, like, you know, leads, starts, and continues to show that passion all the way through. Um, it's just always been one of those that would be like the perfect thing for me. Mm, yeah. So that's been consistent through your. Would you say that's been consistent through your life? That that's been like one that comes it, back? You know, it's funny because that's, you know, when you ask questions like this and you try to think back. Um, yeah, I think it's been pretty consistent and I'm not to say it's never been fulfilled, um, but it's just kind of always there. Like, oh, what would you think would be your best experience? And it's kind of like, yeah, that's, that's still there. Yeah, that's still the one. <laughs> yeah. So in that kind of scenario, she's basically driving the encounter. Like she's the one that's like, like she knows what she wants and she's going after it the whole time through. Right. And it, you know, it starts from the, um, you know, have dinner and just like initiating the sensuality as well. Mm, So like maybe like playing footsie with you or something. Yeah. Even from footsie to, Hey, let's go out to dinner and, you know, let me dress, you know, dress up and, you know, like, the vibe from the very beginning. Yeah, got it. Okay. So she's sort of the initiator throughout. Yeah. And cool. th- you know, it's not a every day or whatever it is, you know, just the special occasion or, you know, whatever it would mm-hmm. be. Like Valentine's Day. <laughs> if you believe in such ho- 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 hogwash. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh man, that was great. Okay. Um, so I'm, um, yeah, this is, this is great setup by the way, for the, for the second half where we go through the, the common fantasies that men have. Um, so it's going to be really fun. Um, but before we do that, yeah, I'm wondering, um, I'm wondering about how sexual fantasies have played out for you guys within the context of a relationship. So have you ever shared them with your partner or had her share hers with you? How did that go? Like, what has that been like for you in relationship? Well, Mel, let me just say, I wish I had met you about 20 years ago. Oh, say more. Because the communications that I've learned, you know, just how to in talking and listening to stuff like that are things like, I really wish, like, you always like, no, you're supposed to be talking and have this communication, but not necessarily the how and what things to communicate. Because, you know, had I known that, I mean, hell, we'll go all the way back to when I was 18 and really young and stupid. Um, <laughs> You know, knowing some of that stuff and how the relationship is supposed to work would have been awesome in the talking about, oh, this is one of my fantasies or, you know, like, hey, wouldn't it be cool if, I mean, I don't know that you would start that with, this is my fantasy. What do you think? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, but hey, wouldn't it be cool if even with your, you know, girl you've been dating for, you know, well, in college, like for a week, you're really serious, right? (laughs) You know, but to have that type of conversation with someone you're intimate with would have been, I really wish I had known, like, that's an acceptable thing back then. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah. And when you say, no, and it was an acceptable thing, like, did it feel, back then, did it feel like this isn't something we should talk about? Or like... Never, I never knew you could do stuff like that. Okay, so it was just not even on the menu. Like, this was, didn't even occur to you that it was possible. I mean, it certainly like wasn't one of those high school things where, you know, you were, you know, doing the whole footsie thing like, oh, we don't talk about that. We just, you know, do some stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, who'd have thought you could actually talk about it and make it part of the relationship? Okay. So, so it sounds like it was sort of a foreign concept mostly in your, in your relationships. Yeah. And, you know, after having been married for a few years, you know, you start to brush on it, but it's one of those things. If it wasn't there and as part of the beginning, do you ever grow into that without having some sort of influence to drive you there. Right. And it sounds like for you, it did that. It didn't, that did, that wasn't part of your relationships. No, no. I mean, uh, and it's not like I haven't had plenty of counseling over the years. Um, (laughs) No, but I mean, just the general funness to talk about stuff. And, you know, like you said, it can be fun. It does. It doesn't have to be that serious discussion. It can be the, you know, sitting around drinking beers or, you know, Cosmos and going, Hey, what's one of your fantasies? Not promising you anything. Right. But, <laughs> you know, I don't know if I can grow that kind of mustache for you, but let's talk about it. Yeah, totally. No, I like, I really like that point. Cause I think, yeah, there's a way that it can be light and fun and, help bring two people closer <clears throat> within the context of a relationship rather than it necessarily being threatening, um, which I wonder sometimes if that's why we're not talking about fantasies because maybe we're scared to share them, that we, we don't know how the person's going to react or respond, and so we sort of keep it hidden away. Yeah, don't say something that's going to screw up something that's mostly okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> 
Okay, cool. So for you, it sounds like mostly there was not that much sharing of fantasies within the context of a relationship, but that you sort of regret that and that you sort of wish that it had been and that maybe that would have helped the relationship. Oh, yeah. I mean, let's be honest. I've I've done a lot of things to screw up relationships. Um, (laughs) And general communication is always the number one on that list, but it's not just everyday communication stuff. It's also that this aspect of it. Yeah. So sexual communication. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Thank you. Great share. I've uh, been here. Yeah. I would say that I didn't really, well, I didn't really think too much about the fantasies in context to the relationship. I was always so kind of hyper-focused on, you know, just pleasing and uh, focusing on the attention of the woman that I was with. Uh, but now, as I've gotten more comfortable with sharing these kinds of fantasies and like and like darker thoughts of different sexual acts, um, it's it, it it's fun and it, it and it creates a sense of playfulness. Uh, you know, if it's just like during like like pillow talk or just like it's a good way to like get a good understanding of like the other person's world and like what they. Uh, what they what they fantasize about, you know, what they might be interested in. And it's not that, like you said, Chris, it's not a guaranteed thing that could happen, but you just kind of start to kind of understand kind of uh, what other kind of buttons you can you can push for them to, you know, chain or to kind of mix things up in the relationship. Cool. So it sounds like you do have some experience in having having shared or having heard your partner's fantasies. Um, when you, when that has happened in relationship, like, have you been the one that brought it up or was it brought up by some outside circumstance or how did that work? Um, I think it's really only been recently that uh, it's came up. The only thing, the only other example I can think of, and I don't know if this would be more of a kink as opposed to a fantasy, but like, you know, a fantasy around like using food in the bedroom. Uh, I think that counts. Yeah. And, and I think it was, it was something that, you know, it felt edgy at the time, but uh, I think she, she immediately got on board with it and it was, and it was just, it was a fun, it was a fun experiment. Wouldn't necessarily do it again, but uh, <laughs> I'm definitely glad that, that I broached the topic because then it just kind of added another kind of layer to our sexual relationship. I'm so curious. Was it, did you say you might not do it again because it was like really messy? Yeah. I mean, it's just, yeah, it was, yeah, it was, <laughs> like, it was kind of messy. Uh, whipped cream and chocolate syrup just to get yeah. a specific. And it gets like all over the sheets and it's really sticky and like that kind of thing. Yeah. She had a white comforter too. So that mm-hmm. was, Whoops. she had to ex- try to come up with something to explain that to her family. <laughs> Okay, great. Were you like at her parents' house or something? No, yeah. no. This was in college, but like, oh. it, like her parents visited, and she had to explain why there was chocolate syrup on her comforter. <laughs> That's great. Late night Sunday. Right. Uh, <laughs> okay, great. That's awesome. <laughs> Thank you, <laughs> Colin. Um. Yeah. So I was sitting here trying to think about how I'd answer this question. I think for me. There's definitely like I could track my level of development and comfortability in the way I've handled each relationship in my life. I think it's very natural for guys to keep things guarded. Um, I think as as uh, Ben was saying, like the more I got comfortable with myself, the more I've been expressive. And I think I always try when I first start something with the girl 
to really understand like if there's something very specific that she's into or likes just because like I'm like very like goal oriented when I hook up with a girl like I really want her to come and I want it to be an awesome experience for her too um nothing crazy in like relationships I've had but there was one girl that I hooked up with and she started expressing how much she loved fisting and it made me like incredibly uncomfortable just because that's not something that I wanted to get into or explore yeah (laughs) That's like, no, but that's actually a really good example of, um, like, how do you, how do you, how do you handle it when, like, let's use that as an example, like this person is sharing something that they want, like that they desire that turns them on, that they're excited by, and you feel uncomfortable. You're like, oh, I don't think I want to do that. Like, I don't actually feel safe or comfortable or excited about doing that. Like, how did you how did you handle that? How did you communicate to her? Like, you know, props to you for having that. I love that you know what you want. And like, I don't know that I'm ready for that. Like, what did you say? All right. So it wasn't as much of what I said as what I did. And she expressed this when we were having pillow talk after we had slept together. And she was like, oh, can you play with me? Like, like while we're, we're cuddling, I'm like, yeah, sure. And she goes, you can use another finger use another finger. And I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, I got three right now. And she's like, no, like keep going. And I damn near put my whole hand. And I just remember I was sitting there and I was like, this is cool because this is what she's really into. And I'm glad I'm helping her. But I was like, this is not something that I could do in the long term. Yeah. And I I never expressed that. Um, We ended on good terms. Like she, we were like kind of like both just like being single and seeing as many people as we could at that time. So like, we didn't actually hook up again after that. So I never really had to have a conversation with her, but I was just sitting there and I was like, I'm glad that I talked to her about that because like, that's not something that I would want to do in the long term. Like if I was married to that person and that's what gets them off, like, I don't want to be in that relationship. And was that because it felt like too invasive or like, you know, what was the. um... Yeah. Invasive would probably be the word. I just think like for me, the only time I had ever even heard of that was in porn. And it just was like such a foreign thing. Like I didn't know people actually like that in real life. Right. Yeah. So, <laughs> so sort of like, oh my God, is this okay? Like this feels like it's way too much. Yeah. It just okay. felt uncomfortable. I mean, I guess like, look, like if, if like the woman that I was dating now, who I'm, I'm really into was like, I want you to fist me every day. Like I'd do it for her because she's cool <laughs> as shit. But I didn't really know this woman all that well. You know, we'd only hung out a couple times. Like, Well, it's also, yeah, this is an interesting point you bring up because um, <clears throat> I think there's something, I personally think there's something sacred about fantasies. I think they're, they're sort of like dreams in that they, they are part of our deep sort of unconscious subconscious world. Um, <clears throat> but there's, and, and so there's some, there's some way that when you establish trust in a relationship over time that you might like different fantasies might come forth or the person might feel more comfortable doing them with you. Like what you just said is it sounds like you, you really care about the person you're with now and you care about her joy and her sexual pleasure. And, and you guys have established a lot of trust. So for her to ask and for you to do that act with her, it would feel different, right? Totally. It would be like a loving thing. Yeah. And it wouldn't necessarily feel like, God, is this okay? Is this too much? I don't know. I feel weird about this. Like there's so much trust built up between you two that it would just, it would be different. There's something different about that 
versus maybe a casual thing. Yeah, that is a really interesting point, Mel. I would agree with you on that. Yeah. Um, I, I think especially just because I, um, I know for me, I, I, I would feel nervous about sharing my fantasies because I would be afraid of being judged. So I might hold back until I knew the man better. And I knew that he was really like, like going to listen and not judge me. And that might take a while. Like, that's not going to be like, you know, our first or second date, like, or even like the first couple of weeks we're together. Like I'm going to need a safe sort of, um, jumping off point to actually feel like I can share that deep part of me. Yeah. Completely. Yeah. So this is Chris and I have an interesting question with regards to this. I mean, there's fantasies that I'll be honest with you. I don't know that I want to have happen. You know, it doesn't mean they're not fantasies and I, you know, am really intrigued by it and stuff like that, but it's kind of like, Hey, you want to do that? Uh, yeah, no, thank you. I'm not really comfortable, you know, like being in public. That sounds really, you know, cool and might make for good videos or talk, but no, I don't really want to get in trouble. I don't want to get arrested. You know, like that yeah. aspect of, yeah, it's a great fantasy, but let's keep it a fantasy. I love this question because we had that same question on Girl Talk last week about, I think a lot of uh, women in particular have fantasies that they would not want to do in real life. And the theory goes that that's actually, that's much more rare for men, that for most men, the theory goes, if they're fantasizing about it, they would do it in real life. And that's something I wanted to ask you guys about um, because... I want to know, like, is that true? Like, if you're if you're fantasizing about something, does it necessarily mean that it is something you would want to do? Or, you know, for the other guys, like, are you like Chris, where there are some things that you're like, yeah, I don't think I'd want to do that in real life, but it still turns you on when you think about it? Um, I mean, I'm going to just say from a young age, I was a Loveline fan. I would listen to Dr. Drew's show, like, damn near every night when I was, like, in middle school. And I remember he would always talk about fantasies like sleeping with the babysitter or sleeping with the, the, the nun or like all these things as he was like, things that would have a lot of collateral damage are best kept as fantasies. And it's like, it's totally fine to have those fantasies, but some things should just stay fantasies and it's totally fine that way. That's and, how I feel. And do you find that that's true for you, that you do have ones that are like, yeah, that wouldn't be good in real, life, in real life? I mean, so I definitely have pursued older women, especially in my younger 20s. Like I would go on like Tinder dates with like girls in their 40s and it would be like really fun. But I had enough experience of that to understand that sometimes that is best kept as a fantasy as well. Mm. And was that just because there was like a misalignment in like life stage and it wasn't like a sustainable relationship? Um, yeah, a couple of those. I mean, I went on a date with a girl who was clearly just like still really mad at the the man that she divorced and was like trying to fuck her way through it, which was like, it, it was like exciting, but it was like also like really sad. And like, like there's a lot of emotional like equipment that you would need to pursue and continue something with someone like that. And like, you know, I'm not trying to be someone's rebound. Like a lot of times, like they're using you too, when you're the younger guy in the situation, like, yeah, you know, yeah. Which is cool. Like sometimes it's cool, like being that person to help someone get through a horrible thing. But like something sustainable with someone that I love is like way cooler. Yeah, yeah. Still super hot though. Older women will always be hot to me. <laughs> <laughs> you are not alone, my friend. Not alone. <laughs> uh, what about you, Ben? Do you feel like there's a correlation between, you know, like 
fantasizing about something that you wouldn't do in real life? Um, I think what's what's great about fantasies, and I think it's very similar to the experience that we get through porn, is that it's very much a fantasy and that there are no real re repercussions to you know watching it you know if you like if you want watch a porn or if you like replay like a like a fantasy in your head it feels great because you don't have to worry about any of those repercussions but then uh if you actually if you actually want to act out on them there's probably a lot more a lot more thought that goes into it that you may not necessarily consider or that don't really come up while you're actually experiencing the fantasy so at least for me i don't really have any that i feel like i would not do um yeah i think i, I think just the actual experience of a fantasy is that's what's kind of great about it, is that it, it is just kind of a fantasy and it's not like a, a need that i have to follow through with yeah well so here's a question that i'm genuinely curious about um what about other people like what about like you you have a guy friend and you think that his girlfriend or his wife is really hot like would you stop yourself from fantasizing about her because you're like that's not appropriate i would never want to do that to my friend uh, or whatever you know was going through your mind or like something that was like genuinely like that that would not be a good idea in real life would you stop yourself from fantasizing about it or would that be on the table dude this is chris you can't i mean fantasy's fantasy that's all fair game in the fantasy realm <laughs> Okay, cool. So there wouldn't be, you wouldn't feel any kind of way about it. It would be like, this is just a fantasy. It's not a problem. No, I mean, clearly, I mean, there's clearly also the line of, yo, okay, that was cool to think about, but no. Yeah, I agree with Chris completely. Okay, cool. So it would, it would be on the table for you as a fantasy. You wouldn't like stop yourself from thinking about it just because you wouldn't do it in real life. Yeah, sometimes you don't can't even help yourself from thinking about it. I was just <laughs> I mean, it just, it's just one of those things that happens, you know. It's yeah. part of appreciation of the person, not only who they are, but you know how they look and act and stuff like that. It's yeah. Well, it's it, yeah. It's interesting you bring that up because it's definitely like shown in research that men have interruptive fantasies. What's called interruptive fantasies, which women don't tend to have, which is when like a sexual thought or whatever will like pop into your head and it will kind of interrupt whatever you're doing, which could include when you're like, when you see someone or when you're hanging out or you're at a party or something that almost never happens to women. It's very rare, but apparently it happens to men pretty regularly. Yeah. Like let's see. Oh wait, nope. Just happened again. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's funny that you put it that way. Cause I, I mean, as I've matured, it's slowed down a bit. But I mean, that's like being a teenager. Yeah, yeah. And I think, I, I don't think that women really get it. Like, I think that's a pretty big difference between the sexes. Um, like, I mean, I'm not a dude, so I don't know what it's like. But in my head, it's sort of like having two realities going on at the same time. <laughs> like, regular reality and then sex reality. I don't know. You guys can speak to this. I don't know. what is it. What is it? What is it like for you? It can definitely be very distracting for sure. Because uh, if it just, if it's just like some like cool, awesome fantasy just comes up in your head about, you know, like say like your, your friend's girlfriend or your doctor, um, then, you know, it just, it does interrupt that, that reality. But I think uh, if you can like kind of bring yourself back to the moment and just be like, oh, okay, that was, 
just just a fantasy yeah you might like physically like kind of transport there for like a, for like a hot second but uh i think just kind of knowing that like difference that like it's a it's like a fantasy and not like something that you want to necessarily follow through with yeah totally anything to add cullen um i, th- I think i pretty much agree with what the other guys said okay cool so this is chris and i as someone who went through their college years in the in the nineties, um, some of us didn't have our teen years in the age of porn. I mean, we grew Sorry, up on dude. stuff like ASCII porn, and you young pups can look that up. What the hell um, is that? You don't know what <laughs> ASCII porn is? ASCII porn? No. Yeah, it's when guys used to make pictures of naked ladies with different characters on a text screen. Wow! Really. Dude, like that's a, like that's what it was in the early day of dial-up. Like a graphic novel, <laughs> but an actually graphic novel. Oh yeah, it's like all letters and you know ones and twos or whatever, and it makes the picture in text. Oh, <laughs> I see. That's what life was like back in the days of dial-up. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. I was one of the few guys that had dial-up in our dorm in college. You must have been pretty popular. It, there wasn't. It's not like Pornhub was out there with dial-up. Okay. I mean, there wasn't the source, nonetheless, you know, no demand, no source, right? (laughs) But, I mean, what that comes, the reason I bring that up is, I would say back in the day, because, man, I feel old. (laughs) You're Um, not old. You're not old. uh, You know, but, like, to relieve those fantasies, people have, you know, porn and stuff like that. I mean, I came from the generation of woods porn. You know, the magazines that someone left out in the woods. That was my generation. Uh, was that a real thing? Like, did, like, did you, like, come oh, across yeah. a Playboy in the woods? This was oh, real. Yeah, you know, that's where, the, you know, kids would have a, you know, a stash of them out in the woods. And you always wondered how they got there, but didn't want to ask. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, you know, but you, you, the reason I said that you end up more pent up, you don't have that release of seeing things that you fantasize about on video and stuff like that. Um, you know, so you walk and be, see a hot girl and you'd be like, Oh my God. And like, Oh, wait a second. I was walking. Um, yeah, that was a rough time. <laughs> Back in the old days. That was great. That was great. I like the specificity of woods porn. Like <laughs> when you come across in the woods, that was so like ubiquitous that there's actually a term for it. Um, and ASCII porn. I'm going to have to look these things up. Um, okay. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. <laughs> um, all right. So we're going to shift gears a little bit <clears throat> to go over the top 10 fantasies of men, according to research. And I'm curious to hear it, whether you guys share these. So um, are you ready? Ready for this? Yeah. Okay. Let's do it. Number 10, two women. It says, men are fa- fascinated by lesbians, especially those who are interested in making out and having sex with their wives and girlfriends. The idea of bringing a woman into the bedroom is a big fantasy for lots of men who are interested in what seems to be exotic, hot, and forbidden. So, um, and part of what this sa- says is that um, it's it's sort of non-threatening, so it doesn't threaten the relationship Um you know, seeing their, their wife or their girlfriend being with another woman isn't threatening, whereas it would be if it was another guy. How do you guys feel about this one? Have you ever had it, et cetera? 
uh, been here. Yeah, I mean, I would say that that is certainly a fantasy. Now, is this around like being involved with them, with the two women, or just like watching them? It doesn't really specify. Um, it doesn't really specify, but I, I, it seems like involvement is happening. Okay, then yeah, I would definitely say that's definitely one that I've had for sure. Just you know, I mean. I love I love being with one woman. I can't imagine being with two women would somehow sour that experience. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well said. Well said. Uh, I think for me, that one definitely is one that I think is hot, but I would definitely keep as a fantasy. I think I've I've pretty much figured that out about myself. I would never want to actively pursue that, especially with someone that I love. And is that because you you would be afraid that it would threaten the relationship somehow? I just feel like it it. It does in a lot of ways. Like I was around someone that had an open relationship and he used to have scenarios like that all the time. And I thought it was really cool. And then his girlfriend left him for another person. I I feel like they were using an open relationship to mask the problems that they were having. And like, I don't know, like, I don't know where I'll be in 20 years, but as of right now, that's definitely not something I would want to actively pursue. But in porn, is it hot? Hell yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, cool. And for you, it's also that that the man is, that you're participating, that it's not just the two women going at it. Yeah, I mean, they're both hot. Okay, cool. (laughs) Chris? I mean, yeah, the visualization, phenomenal. Um, Funny thing is, you know, when I, you know, like, oh, would I like to be involved? It's like, man, that's enough stress making sure that one woman's happy, though. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay, cool. Thanks. Um, Number nine, sex in nature. It says, um, there's something very basic and organic about having sex in a forest. Let's say the woods (laughs) where you might find a porn magazine. (laughs) (laughs) On the beach or in a field because you're doing something natural in the most elemental of places in nature. So it could be like a camping trip or, you know, the beach or whatever. Um, And I'm curious, I've definitely had this one and I'm wondering whether you guys have two. I've dated someone in the past that was very into public sex and I've actually we did it at the Grand Canyon which was kind of cool um definitely not something that I'm into because I'm worried about like people finding us I think if if it was like definitely a safe place it would be cool for me but like the idea of being seen by others is not something that I I I would be into at all so this I my assumption here because this is number nine and number eight is public sex, sex in public. So I think they're separating it out um into like, yes, it's a safe, at least in my fantasies, it's a safe, isolated, um, pub, uh, natural place, not that people would see us. So but it sounds like for you, it's not even that's not a fantasy at all because of that fear of being discovered, that it's like that's not that hot thinking about doing it like in the woods or something. Yeah, but if it's a safe place, like you said, totally cool. As long as there's like a blanket, like not on the dirt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely comfortable. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny you should mention the comfort aspects of it. Um, spend a ton of time traveling um, to different regattas and you're always camping out. And, you know, it quickly became the, hey, it's really fun, you know, exciting. You're out in the woods, blah, blah, blah. But it's not comfortable. No, it's not. <laughs> I mean, so you're best, saying you've actually done it and you're like, oh, at no, best, not a fantasy. A, at best, you're on an air mattress and that's just weird in itself. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
I mean, it, and it's one of those things like, you know, when you mentioned it, I was like, oh man, that, those were the good days. <laughs> you know, like back when that was part of what we did, you know, we used to travel and stuff like that. And it was just, you know, you know, fun and whatnot. But, you know, it was one of those things as we were growing up, it's kind of like, you know, this is fun and exciting, but it's not comfortable. Yeah. So hence, probably not a fantasy of yours. No, I mean, it's never like in the videos where you're out in the woods and there's a comfortable thing where you're sitting, you know, it's, it, I, I mean, it's never been like that for me. Maybe you guys <laughs> run into random comfortable mattresses and chaise lounges when you're out in the wood, but. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Ben, anything to add? Uh, no, I, I would say that it would definitely be a fantasy of mine, at least something to like try and just experience. I wouldn't say it would be like my like go-to, but that would definitely be a fantasy that I would definitely be open to trying different areas. As long as it's, we are in like a more private area and relatively comfortable ish, definitely a huge blanket to yeah. prevent, uh, dirt and other things from going into unfriendly places. Debris. 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 <laughs> okay. Thanks. All right. Number eight, sex in public. One of the most, so this is interesting. This is what it says, right? One of the most common male fantasies is about having sex in public places unnoticed by others. So the idea of doing something wrong and getting away with it is what fuels this fantasy. So um, it sounds like what this is saying is not that you are being seen, but that you're like not supposed to be having sex, for example, in the library or something, but you're not, you're not caught. You're not supposed to be there. You could maybe get caught, but, um, you know, it's sort of, you know, what's the word taboo. So have you guys ever had that one? I mean, Uh, Oh, go ahead, Ben. Uh, yeah, I would say that one doesn't really appeal to me just because of, I would probably be like any of these fantasies. I would like, the goal would be to, to enjoy enjoy the sex but for that one i would be so concerned about what if you know we do get caught or it's probably even more uncomfortable than in like in a place in nature um and so yeah that one's definitely a pass for me yeah i've i've lived that one i've i've dated someone in my younger years that was really into that and i would i was pretty much shamed into doing it almost every time and i it's it's not something that turns me on at all Mm, that's not good yeah uh, yeah, no, that scares me, scared me when I was young and still scares me now. All right. <laughs> Survey says no. Okay. <laughs> Number seven is voyeurism. Men like to watch. They're naturally visual, often more so than women. Um, <clears throat> voyeurism can involve um, like watching someone you think is hot or that you're involved with having sex with someone else. I've heard of this as a fantasy um, or just sort of like, like a peeping, peeping Tom kind of fantasy of seeing something that you're not supposed to see or something sexual, etc. Have you guys ever had that? Absolutely. That's, that's definitely a big one for me. That just, I think there's just something really, I enjoy that taboo-ness of, uh, of that someone not knowing, uh, and, you know, just kind of watching them in, in the act. And that's just kind of out of a sheer curiosity, really, just to kind of like see how, how other people like to get down. 
<laughs> I love that how other people like to get down. So I'm curious in your, when you have had this fantasy, is it always a couple or is it sometimes just like a woman, like undressing in her bedroom or something like, you know, I don't know that you see in, you know, stories. Probably a couple more. Yeah, definitely more so uh, like a, like a couple. Cause then it's like a, it feels like a more like shared experience as opposed to like the, the attention is just on like one person. Yeah. Okay, cool. Other guys? Yeah, I would I would agree with what Ben just said. I think uh, there's a, I don't know if you guys use Reddit. Reddit's a great place to find porn. Um, there's a Gone Wild Reddit where people post naked pictures of themselves. There's also a Couples Gone Wild where like, like two people will like post a video of them having sex. And like sometimes I like that more than porn because it's like real. Like these people are actually really into each other and the idea yeah. of like them being together, really hot. That's cool. I didn't know about that. Oh yeah, Reddit's a gold mine. All right, new subreddit to add. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I agree. I mean, it's just just like it, the you know the act or sensuality in itself is you know an awesome thing. Just to be able to watch other people enjoy it, I think is is a positive thing. Oh, I'm also curious to hear because I was talking to someone about. Um, actually, I talked to two people who said that hearing sex is like really hot for them, like more so necessarily than even seeing it, but just hearing the sounds is like a huge turn on. Do you yes. guys find that too? Yeah. <laughs> yes, okay. So much. I always thought it was so lame when people would like get like noise complaints for having sex. I'm like, who's so lame that you're going to punish <laughs> other people for doing such a beautiful thing? <laughs> oh, that's kind of sweet. <laughs> Uh, uh, what about your other two? Yeah, I think it's pretty cool. I think it's, it's, it's just as hot. I think it's all great except for when you're trying to sleep. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Cause I would be the guy who was complaining. It's like, dude, it's two o'clock in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. That's totally fair. Okay. Um, number six, unattainable women. Let's call them the cheerleader, the nurse, and the librarian. Men fantasize about what they can't have. Um, some say this is to fix the problem of unattainability. Those women who are off limits in the real world are theirs for the taking in the fantasies. Um, and the most common are the like aloof sort of women, like cheerleaders, nurses, who are just out of reach. Um, wondering if you guys ever have had that. Like. Yeah, it's hot. It's definitely not something I would put in my top 10, but it's hot. Yeah, I feel like uh, in, I think what's interesting about that, that scenario is if you're attaching unattainability into the fantasy, but for me that the, the unattainability isn't even there. It's like, yeah, somehow this nurse is already attracted to me. Yeah, I think maybe... Yeah, it would be sort of like unattainable in real life, suddenly attainable in fantasy. Yeah, it would just kind of ruin the fantasy for me then. <laughs> <laughs> well, in, in your fantasy, she would be attainable. In real life, she wouldn't be. But it doesn't, it doesn't sound like that's a big one for you guys. Not really. Okay. Um, Chris, anything to add there? No, this is one of those ones that makes me scratch my head because the unobtainable part of that is, you know, it it plays upon your own insecurities. Like, why aren't they obtainable? And, you know, 
kind of looking back at, you know, if that had ever been something for me, the only people that were unobtainable was part of me being insecure about my ability to talk to girls or women. Yep. Um, you know, like why were they unobtainable? And that's like a whole different session, whole different episode. Yeah. I kind of agree to me that that is something that jumps out. Well, okay. Um, Except for Madonna or like, you know, you know, Beyonce or whatever. I mean, that's a whole different level of unobtainable. Yeah. Um, or even maybe like your professor or something like someone that's, you know, you know, it, it, like she's married and she's your professor or something. It's like unattainable in the sense that like, that's not a good idea, but Socially unobtainable. Could, be hot, could be hot in a fantasy. Like, but it, I think you're right that the way this is phrased, it seems like it's about the, the sense that, oh, I could never get her right in real life. Like I could never get her, which I kind of agree. Sounds like it's partly about the insecurity of that. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Um, moving on to number five, which is virginal women. So this is, um, virgins and this has been, um, a fantasy is written about, you know, since ancient times, the mystique of virginity. Uh, men fantasize about taking virginity and teaching someone about sex because it puts them in a position of power and possibly on a pedestal to receive adoration. So this sort of like hand-holding teaching is an attractive element of the virgin sex fantasy. I'm curious whether you guys have ever had this one. Yeah, that's a hard no for me, dog. <laughs> 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 can you say more like just I just like, I, I don't know man like I, I just like the idea of like taking something that's really sacred to someone if I'm not like in love with them seems really fucked up to me yeah okay so hard no for Cullen what about the other <laughs> two <laughs> yeah, it's um, definitely a hard no for me as well I yeah it, it would just be stressful because I would be wanting to enjoy it instead of like kind of like uh, holding their hand through it, you know, and uh, yeah, it just it just feels stressful to me. Okay. Yeah, it's uh, to me, it's a ho- it's a solid stress card issue, you know. Uh, you know, hey, will I be the person that ruins sex for her for the rest of her life? Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, that, that's a big thing to put on someone. Uh, what if you know, you're the one who makes it? Like, who, you know what I mean? Like. I'm not that full of myself. Okay. <laughs> um, you know, an, a nice experienced woman who you can learn from, who can communicate that go that way. Okay. So interesting. You should say that because number four is experienced women. Straight men often fantasize about sex with an older woman who knows her body so well that the sex is incredible because yes. of her ease and, and absence <laughs> of inhibition. Women who've gained experience over the years also tend to know a man's body better than younger women do. There isn't the same pressure to get married or to find the relationship, and that makes the sex carefree and unencumbered. And she appreciates a man's body more because of his youth and sees the big picture, not just the little love handle situation going on. Um, obviously, this, this sounds like a popular one for you guys, which is pretty cool. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I remember uh, there was an older woman that I hooked up with and she was like, do this, do this, do this. And I was like, yeah, this is so awesome. Like, I wish this is how it would have been when I first started doing this. Um, definitely, definitely hot. Hell yeah. Yeah, this this one also sounds like um, 
uh, it's not just about the woman being older, but it's more about like feeling confident in her body, feeling like she knows herself, like she's really expressed. So it's not necessarily about the age. Um, I mean, I'm curious whether you guys would agree. It's more like, dude, I'm so into this. Like, I love this. I'm into it. I can express myself. I'm totally here. This is Chris. I was about to make that statement. It's like experience, you know, to me, isn't about finding, you know, older. It's just about someone who knows what she likes, knows how to, you know, get through it with, you know, communicating and all that. So you're not, you know, leading someone by the hand through whatever experience you guys decide to have. Yeah. And I I find this really encouraging because I think it kind of runs counter to our culture, which sort of, we have a lot of really confusing sexual messages as women. I think you guys do too. Um, But one of them is like, you're sort of, you're supposed to be sexy, but you're also supposed to sort of act like you don't want to have sex or like that you don't necessarily know your body that well. Um, And if you do take control or you are expressive or you do know your body really well, you, you will be seen as slutty that you're like, there's a fear of like, if I'm really expressed in bed and I'm like, I'm riding him hard and I'm doing all the things I want to, that he'll think I'm a slut. So there's like a lot of, I think, inhibitions around women that take a long time to deconstruct. And that's my theory is that's why cougars are more expressive, that younger women could be, but it takes a long time to like, let go of that shit and, and like become more expressive and be okay with your sexuality as a woman. Yeah, I don't I don't know what controlling man in the past like banded together and was like we need to make women feel like sluts for having fun. Like you're an idiot, dude. Like you made it harder for all of us. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting that the cougar is one of the few terms out there that allows for that kind of behavior and not have it be like a total negative thing. Yeah, and I think there's even judgment around cougar. Like, I think a lot of, I think women, there are some women that would feel, feel judged or feel like ashamed or something that they are seen as a predator or that they're, you know, I mean, it depends on how you see it and everything, but I, I think even that term is not necessarily kind. I don't know if you guys have an opinion on that. I, I don't mind that term at all. I, I've, I've going on dates with older women that like pride themselves on that and like it's it's kind of cool like if that's your thing like that's your thing that's cool you shouldn't shame someone that's kind of like the common theme of the fantasy thing i don't know that i've ever had experience with that as being like a negative aspect yeah and they like kind of like take ownership of uh, of the word and that and that and that kind of behavior that like comes with it which i think is why it's also like a fantasy for me is just because it's like it kind of takes the pressure off of me to like i have to lead like the whole thing i get there's a sense of knowing that you know she's comfortable with expressing what she needs and and then also willing to like take take charge in in some ways uh and that's just can allow me to just drop more into the experience yeah i can imagine that as a man that it would feel like more relaxing knowing like i'm not the only one (laughs) leading here like I get to sort of relax and receive somewhat and be yeah present without having to worry about driving the whole thing forward the whole time okay um number three is threesomes and orgies so I guess maybe we I don't know misinterpreted that other one um but this one is specifically um men fantasize about having threesomes foursomes and more 
because they want the purely sexual experience that is more animal than it is relational. There's implied monogamy in most relationships, but threesomes and orgies open up that monogamous relationship to allow sex with others and at the same time um, close out the personal feelings you have about a long-term partner. So feelings about the future and commitment aren't usually present in these fantasies or the real-life ramifications of them. It's really just all about the sex with multiple partners. Have you guys had this one? Yeah, I, I definitely get off on the idea of having like a lot of people in one room hooking up. Um, but it's definitely something in myself that I would like to keep as a fantasy and not something I would necessarily want to explore in real life. Yeah, same. I've definitely had group sex fantasies that I'm, I'm not sure I would want to um, actually do. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I would certainly just be into it just to really observe and not necessarily partake. Uh, yeah. Cause I think I don't really, it, the, the feeling of like putting personal feelings of side aside uh, doesn't really sit well with me. I feel like that's kind of what the beautiful thing is about sex is that, you know, personal feelings are involved in some way and then just sharing that with one in- individual. It's uh, that sometimes that can be nourishing enough. I don't need all these other people going at it to, uh, you know, increase that value or anything. Okay. So for you, the fantasy might be like watching the group sex happening, but not necessarily participating. Cool. So this is Chris. I, um, you know, it's interesting contemplating this as you guys were talking. I was like, you know, no, no, no. I was like, you know what? That would be an interesting thing. Like if you were in a, you know, a relationship with, a woman and like, Hey, I want to try this. This is, this goes right up in there, up in the, put it on a list of things I would do, but probably only once. (laughs) Right. So you, you would experiment with it, especially if your partner was into it, which is different than you actually having the fantasy yourself. Right. Like this is one of those, like I, yeah. All right. I won't say no, but there'd be a lot of conversation in that before the yes. Totally. Totally. Okay. Um, number two is submission. So this is about feeling sexually dominated. Um, and for some men, it's about they're tired of doing the dominating themselves and they have mixed feelings about what they're doing in that domination where they're on top, whether it's in the bedroom or the boardroom. Men are expected to become presidents, owners, and entrepreneurs where they lead and conquer in business this is not always a comfortable path, but most men don't talk about that inner conflict. They just put their heads down and do their jobs. However, those feelings of discomfort and quiet anxiety don't just disappear. They just become suppressed. So some men are not conscious of this inner turmoil. They just know that they fantasize about being dominated in bed to kind of relieve themselves of guilt for doing dominating in real life. Or also they just like the feeling, the feeling of power play of just being the one that's totally out of control and the woman is the one being the dominatrix. Have you guys ever had this one? Um, I've been on a date with a girl who was really into being dominant and she told me about a lot of the things that she did and we ended up sleeping together, but she like teased me like the entire night, like through a whole movie and was like, kind of like, no, you have to wait. No, you have to wait. Like she would let me get really close and they'd be like, no, you have to wait. And then like, she finally did it. And she was like, she was like, well, she was like, we were hooking up. She was like, I've been controlling this the whole night. And I was like, yo, that's kind of fucking hot. Like, it, it kind of turned me on a little bit. It was the first time I've ever experienced that. 
um afterwards is it something that i'd want to experience again like it was fun but it's definitely not something that i would be actively pursuing but it was really high like it was really cool i think that's the best i i could offer on that cool yeah, guys? I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say it would be like the ideal fantasy, but I'm definitely open to exploring those power dynamics and, and just, just letting myself receive from whatever, whatever she wants to do. Uh, Cause then, then it, again, it just kind of takes the pressure off of me and, uh, and just kind of let her take the reins and, you know, I could just kind of focus on my own, my own pleasure for a little bit instead of worrying about, or instead of focusing on hers. Uh, yeah. so I'm, t- I'm totally into it. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Chris, I, 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 I agree. I mean, blindfold, maybe some light ropes. I mean, nothing into the, you know, the whipping and, you know, pain aspect of, you Nipple know, clamps. That might be a hair far. Uh, but yeah, I mean, this kind of goes with what I had said earlier, just like to have the stress of making, you know, what was going to happen, happen and be, you know, it's happening to you and, you know, you're still there, of course, but you don't, you know, there's not a lot of how, how are things going to progress in your control? Um, totally. Yeah, I totally agree with this one. All right. So interestingly, or perhaps, I don't know, um, predictably, the number one one that they have here is domination, which is the opposite, obviously. Um, and they talk about... Um, like men love to take charge and sometimes you don't just, you just don't get enough opportunity in the real world. Um, you know, bedroom fantasies where you're king of the castle, like a little rough sex or domination with like, yeah, like you said, like blindfolds or fuzzy handcuffs, et cetera, will do the trick for most guys. Um, and then there's taboo around overcoming someone else sexually. And that's edgy, which is part of why it brings a thrill. So this is something I wanted to talk to you guys about because when you look at women's fantasies, you know, the number one um, fantasy for women is a rape fantasy, which we talked about last week. And we basically agreed that like, we do not want to be raped in real life, but there's something thrilling about the idea of a man we are attracted to, right? <laughs> a man that we find attractive kind of over overtaking control in the encounter. And I'm wondering, do you guys have that too? Like on the other side, is that a big fantasy for you? Um, so back to personal experience, I've dated a girl that was really into being dominated, like probably more than your average person would. And there was a lot of like, like dirty name calling and like demanding. And I was not into it. I would do it because I knew it got her off, but it was not something that I was into at all. I think, I think there's a line between like a healthy amount of that and something that I don't feel comfortable with. And I definitely know what that is within myself. And, and so that's about a partner. What about for you? Like, is this a fantasy for you? Or it sounds like maybe not really? No, like not at all. I think, I think for me, like what gets me excited is like, if like the girl I'm seeing is like getting ready for work and she's wearing like a business skirt and like, I'll bend her over the sink when she's doing her makeup. Like, that's cool for me. Like, but anything like super aggressive or like physical, like it just, it doesn't do it for me. Like, yeah. it, it feels uncomfortable. Yeah. I like that example you gave, though, because there's, there's a sense of, like, domination energy in it, but there's some sort of – it sounds like there's some safety around it, too. 
totally i would never want to do anything like actually hurtful like yeah yeah Um, Other guys? Yeah. No, so this is, this is, a, I'm not sure that this is a, you know, a domination fantasy, but it's on the, you know, to, you know, if it's something that someone I'm with finds it enjoyable, you know, it's a fantasy for me, like to do that for her. Uh, I don't know that I'd like go, oh, I want to take that person and tie them up. Like that's one of my fantasies. Um, it sounds like it's not. No, but I mean, then I mean, teasing in that aspect of it, absolutely, but not the domination aspect of it. What about like, like we talked about cat burglars last week? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, would you ever like, um, if she was into it, like, would you role play? Would you role play being like a burglar or something? Or, or would that feel like no, that doesn't really feel good? No, that would be super fun. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if it's role play and it's like agreed upon, you know, I don't want to use the word, you know, safe word or whatever it might be. I think you know, safe words are good. You can yeah. use that word. Yes. I mean, like that type of thing, you know, is it something I, uh, I personally fantasize about? No. But if it was with somebody I was in said, you know, this would be, would you be willing to do it? Yeah, sure. Cool. And it, it depends on the degree of it too. Like I have a friend who was dating a girl and she got into like really aggressive stuff, like borderline, like assaulty kind of things that she wanted him to act out. And he was just like, I can't do this with you. It makes yeah. me really uncomfortable. Like anything that makes me feel like I'm going above boundaries of what I think is safe. Like that's totally off the table. Yeah. And it can feel uncomfortable if, you know, perhaps that person has a trauma background and they haven't, gotten help for it yet and they're sort of recreating or reliving past trauma that can feel unsafe as the partner yeah and that's what it was in in my friend's situation they they pretty much stopped hooking up after that because that's all she wanted from him and he was like i can't do it and yeah she did end up actually going into therapy shortly Good. after and i wish Good. her the best i haven't talked to her in years but i wish her the best i hope she's doing well i'm glad to hear that yeah i'm glad to hear that by the way since we're talking about domination stuff. I just wanted to throw out that um, if you are doing role play or you're doing some edgy stuff with your partner, one thing that can be really good in addition to a safe word is red light, yellow light, green light. So green light is you're totally comfortable. Everything's feeling good. Yellow light is like we're approaching the edge. We're approaching a boundary of mine. And then red light is stop now. So it's nice to have yellow light because we want to be able to say like, it's getting there. Like I'm, I'm like, I'm okay with it right now. And like, it's sort of close so that we don't go over the edge. So just throwing that out there for utility. So you, sake. So you don't kill it completely by stop, but it's touchy it's, here. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, anything to add uh, Ben about this one? Uh, yeah. I don't really have, I, yeah, that kind of, makes me yeah i don't really have any interest around you know dominating in a way where there isn't consent or like anything that like isn't like pre-established like i would if it was something like 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 the like the cat burglar example like if it was something that we like talked about and like yeah we came up with like the safe words and the and the stoplight uh cues uh, maybe but uh i think just kind of having that already pre-established safety net is like pretty important for me just all around. And I would yeah. just feel totally uncomfortable. Like even, even just like fantasizing about like, just like taking a, taking advantage without any form of like consent. 
teasing, yeah. like teasing though, is like I that I fully enjoy. Like that's probably like the limit of like my dominating of like that that little bit of like power control. But like I still like got you. Like I'm gonna eventually give you what you want, but I'm I'm gonna dangle the carrot just a little bit. <laughs> dangle the carrot. That's great. <laughs> okay. Um, thank you for sharing all of that. I really appreciate um the honesty uh, i'm i'm it's interesting i find it interesting considering that this you know um this is supposedly like the top 10 male fantasies i would be interested i didn't run this research to be clear this is this is not my research but i would be interested in running my own research just to see whether it's accurate because you know for example like that was the one that they had as the number one one so I'm wondering now, like, is it the number one one, you know, if you were really to pull men or is it just, I don't know, top five or something? Because we have three guys here and they're all sort of like, no, not really. That one's not really one. <laughs> well, you know, Mel, you could skew the data here in that, you know, the type of people that you know and, you know, are comfortable talking about this may not be the same type of people in this poll. I mean. Yeah, that's a really good point. And I need to do a little digging as to how big their data set was um, and who was involved. But yeah, I mean, there's obviously going to be a difference in the the men that I'm talking to versus like the huge general population. Um, but I do think but, cultural bias comes into it. And it could also be a bias that we think this is what men want sexually and not it's not necessarily the truth. When was this poll done? Uh, I think it was done in 2012. Mm. I would be curious to see how those fantasies have changed with like the, with like the Me Too movement and things like that. Now that, uh, like our culture has definitely shifted a lot around, uh, you know, those like kind of sexual power dynamics. Well, that's an interesting question because I wonder, does that impact actual fantasies, right? Because it obviously impacts our conscious thoughts and choices, but does it impact the sort of more limbic, like deep, dark sex, like, cause sex brain isn't the same as regular life brain, right? Like what turns us on isn't necessarily the same as our conscious thoughts. Do you, do you think that it would shift that? Absolutely. I don't see how it can't. I mean, you, your, your social direction, I mean, is such a part of, what you are attracted to or what, you know, drives that other part of your body there, they, they can't be separated to the point where, you know, something is, you know, and you know, it's all part of, you know, there's a lot of things that came out in the me too movement that make you go, my God, that that's just horrible. Yeah. Yeah. And if that doesn't penetrate all the way through you, then you probably really didn't think it was horrible. Yeah. That's a totally fair point. Anyone else opinions on that? Yeah, I, I think that it would totally, I think it would have a definite impact for sure. Because if, you know, we're pulling, because uh, you said about like, like the interruptive fantasies, like, you know, these are things like fantasies that we're generating from things that we're seeing out and about in our world. And I would definitely say, at least for me that, you know, with the rise of that movement is would definitely like if I had, you know, those like heavy dominating fantasies in the past. And then with everything that, that just came to light, I would probably be like, yeah, I don't know about that. That's pretty, it would definitely change my opinion on it for sure. Yeah. Well, it's interesting too, because it's, 
like we've been discussing, it's not necessarily that something that you would fantasize about is something that you would do in real life, but I could definitely see how it might be like scary or you might think twice about like, that's, I, I don't know how I feel about the fact that I'm fantasizing about that, you know? And that's something that I, that I, um, I just want to like in a way protect people's fantasies because there's, I, I think it's totally worth getting therapy and exploring, you know, like if you have a lot of fantasies of hurting people, you know, that's something that you probably want to explore. Like, honestly, like you, you probably need to get some help around that. And it's not going to be helpful to shame yourself or tell yourself a bad person or beat up on yourself because you have fantasies that you don't think are okay. You know what I mean? Like there needs to be a kind of, and of like, okay, this is what's happening. And, you know, let me kind of bring it out into the light more. Yeah. I, I want to agree with what you just said, Mel. I think that was a beautiful thing. I think if you have fantasies that you wouldn't act out in real life, that might be somewhat taboo. I think that's cool and you should pride yourself on it. But if you yourself think that your fantasies are wrong or bad, then maybe that would be something to explore in yourself and maybe finding what's right for you in your life. Yeah. And maybe getting some support from like a safe person or safe people around it too. Yeah. 100%. I think that's, I think that's a really great point you made. Cool. Okay. Well, this was quite enlightening. I'm really excited to hear what people think about it. Um, is there anything else that you guys want to add before we wrap just in terms of repping the dudes and fantasies? I was, you know, I was just thinking this whole time, I think fantasies are great, but I think in my personal life, I think if I have a girl that like we can make love, do a little romance and balance that with a little bit of like hard fucking after a long day, like I think that's like all I need in real life. And fantasies are cool, but that's all I need. <laughs> love it. Love it. So my new fantasy is I want to get back to the old 7.5. <laughs> nice. So your fantasy is relationship sex, which, by the way, is a fantasy that a lot of guys have. I mean, I'll just settle for, st- settle for the relationship part, but sure, yeah, the whole thing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> ben? Yeah. I, yeah, I definitely think that, you know, fantasies are definitely like okay to experience for yourself, but I'm also of the point of, uh, or at the place of like just enjoying kind of what reality brings brings me and like the the experiences that I can have with, with another woman. Uh, it's a lot more tangible and a lot more nourishing in a way that fantasies don't really uh, dive into. Yeah, I love that. I mean, what I hear in that is connection. Yeah. And there's something like about- fast food. Yeah, right. Fantasies can be like fast food and real human connection is like a nourishing meal. Oh, that's a nice place to end. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Mel. Thanks, Mel. Thanks, Mel. Bye. That wraps up another episode of Dear Men. Thank you for listening. If you want to reach out, we would love to hear from you. We're on Instagram and Twitter at Dear Men Podcast. That's at Dear Men Podcast. Or Facebook, we have a group, Dear Men Podcast. We also have an email address, dearmenpodcast at gmail.com. If you want to join the Big Sexy Dataset, the community of people who regularly respond to the surveys that we talk about on this podcast, just email us at that address, dearmenpodcast at gmail.com, and we will set you up. Have a sexy day.